0: Yes, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to another brand new Rugby Muscle Podcast. I'm your host, as always, TJ. And when I say brand new, this is brand new. This is a brand new series, Rugby Muscle Applied, where I'm not just going to, you know, discuss theories and different ideas and different things that you need to consider into your training, which is, like, so incredibly important. I've hammered that point home by now, particularly with the Q&As, and I will continue to hammer home the point that, you know, uh, your rugby training needs to be dynamic, particularly because we've got so many different goals, because your situation changes, because all of you are different individuals. But there are different things that you should all be considering when it comes to applying this stuff to your actual training and different um, you know, nutritional guidelines, um, training guidelines, training strategies and principles that you should all be using as part of your total you know, year-round training program, stuff that I include with my guys at Team Rugby Muscle, stuff that I include with my one-on-one athletes that I work with with Rugby Muscle Elite. And now I really want to go over a lot of these different concepts and ideas in depth with you guys so that you can get a deeper understanding and a real, like, you know, sort of get make it crystal clear what you should be doing and what you can be doing for your training. And rather than... um like give you just different ideas of what you can do or rather than just identify some areas that you need to look at, I want to give you more guidelines of as to exactly what you should be doing and explaining these different training concepts, these nutrition concepts uh, in detail. And so that's what I'm going to do with this new series. I really do hope you guys enjoy it. Of course, if you do, you can go ahead and give us a five star review. And actually, the more you do that, suggest topics that I can go over that you are not sure on. And I will try as my best to delve deep into them in this series, Rubby Muscle Applied. Today's episode, we're going to be talking about deloading because I think it's such an important topic and one that's so often overlooked because people want to. Yeah, you know, they really want to uh, get the most out of their training, and they're very scared to take a week off. A lot of people don't really understand it, and they they misapply it uh, erroneously. And the fact of the matter is, even if you don't know that you're deloading, every single person that trains will be deloading in some capacity. What do you, what the hell am I talking about? Like, you sure? Like everyone deloads? I don't think I deload, Teach. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. And I let me explain that in a little bit as we get into this podcast. also want to point out that this will be written up as an article and uh, posted over at rugby-muscle.com forward slash blog so that you can you know copy and paste or, or don't copy and paste it and, and, and promote it as your own work, but like go through in depth if you're planning out your own training, rather than just keep having to like skip back and forward 15 seconds or whatever, it will be written out at rugby-muscle.com for your reference. So check that out if you want um, and read rather than listen. But I think listening is a lot easier for a lot of you guys. So that's why we're doing this series. I hope you enjoy it. So deloading, like, I don't think it's actually the best word to use because, you know, what what does deload mean? Like you deload the bar when you finish squatting. Um, it's also really annoying. The main reason it's really annoying is when I typed out the article, the amount of times that DLoad just automatically uh, autocorrects to reload is really annoying. It does it every time I talk with my clients, and they say, "What do you mean? I need to reload?" I'm like, "Oh yeah, it's autocorrected again." Really annoying side tangent, but it's something that exists, and it's, I, don't, I just don't think it's a really good word. Um, I, I I would call it like a you know, a defatiguing week or something like that would be a better way to use it. But whatever, we're stuck with deload. So let's get into exactly what it is. Essentially, deload is a period of training that is designed to reduce the fatigue or eliminate the fatigue by lowering your volume and intensity of training. Um, A well-designed, every single well-designed training plan will include deloads um, and then how they're structured, how often they're done. Um, exactly what they look like will depend on a number of factors. And we'll get into those in a little bit. But um, understand that there's lots of different ways that you can implement a deload and lots of different schools of thoughts. Um, This isn't to say any are wrong or right. It's just to say there's different, you know, people just have different approaches. Just like have people have different approaches to all different training aspects. Deload is another one of those things where we have a few different approaches and a lot of them work really well. Um, There are still mistakes. There are still there's still, you know, a bit of a give and take there. There's a spectrum of, like, pros and cons to all of them. But in terms of like any sort of well thought out training program, there will be deloads, pretty much always there. Um, so you need to be doing deloads because if you're doing a, you know, well designed training program, you're doing progressive overload. By that I mean you're challenging the body a little bit more each week. You're either adding reps, you're adding uh, weight, um, you're moving a little bit faster. Maybe you're adding sets. Maybe you're going for a little bit longer if you're doing conditioning. Whatever you're doing, you're you're slightly challenging the body more each week. This progressive overload isn't just like something that you need to do to um, to make that progress. It's actually also an indicator of previous progress, right? You can do, say you do 100 kilos uh, on the bench press for 8 reps, and then you come back the next week and you do 10 reps. You didn't do that 10 reps just because you tried harder or because it was written down. You did that 10 reps because of the previous week's 8 reps, giving you uh, enough of a stimulus to adapt and then become back stronger to then be able to lift that weight for 10 reps. So it's both an indicator of previous week's progress, but it's also something that you need to do. You then need to then do those 10 reps to then get stronger again for the next week. So it's both a indicator of previous progress and a tool that you must implement to elicit future progress. This is something that like so many people forget and they don't really understand it. It's not just something, you don't just keep trying harder and harder and harder and that's how you add weight to the bar. No, you, you your body actually makes adaptations to allow you to train harder. And then you have to use those adaptations to then make sure that you keep them and at least keep them or ideally keep making progress. Um, the problem is with this is that like if you, you can't just continue to do that forever. You can't just continually progressively overload uh, indefinitely. If that was the case, I'd be here squatting 2,000 kilos, right? Because I'd have just added a kilo every single week. I don't know if I've done 2000 training sessions, but I'd probably done something close to that. Uh, let me see. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'd have done something close to that. You know, if I added a kilo every session, by now I'll be, I'll be on 2000 or so kilos. But alas, I'm not even like getting 10% of that. So, you know, it's not just keep going, keep going, keep going indefinitely. And the reason that the main reason this stops and, and the main reason that you have to stop progressively overloading is going to be fatigue there's other things such as you know genetic factors and actual human limitations but the main reason in the short term that you can't continue to progress um, forever or even just for months and months on end is fatigue each session that you do causes some fatigue um and that's why obviously you stop that session like you know you can't you don't just continue training for 8 hours that fatigue adds up right so you would stop after about an hour or so and then you would go back to the gym either a day later two days later um some people go back a week later right and after that period of time you've recovered a little bit and you're back ready to train again the key thing here though is that as you continue to train, you don't wait for yourself to be perfectly ready to go again. You, pro- If you're training like with a decent frequency, you're going to be back training again before that fatigue has been completely eliminated. Um, I'll get into this a little bit more in a bit, but just understand that there's always gonna- that fatigue doesn't go from a you know you, you say you go to the training session at the end of your training session your fatigue is like a nine or an eight. As soon as you stop, you know you start to relax, you start to eat your post workout meal, that starts to slowly drop off over the course of twenty four hours. It's, it's dropped off quite well. Forty eight hours, you're back down, but you're not back down to zero. You're back down to like maybe one or a one point five. After a week, you're still probably not down to zero. You're probably back to like a 0.5, or maybe you're, you're past zero and you're at like minus one, which means not only have you recovered, but you've recovered and your body's then decided that you don't need to make that adaptation to come back stronger because that was just a one off thing and it forgets that you lifted that over the course of a week. Hopefully that makes sense. So over time, this fatigue. you know, the 0.5 or the 1 on a scale of 1 to 10 of fatigueness, uh, you know, this random scale that I'm making up here, um, adds up and it keeps adding up and keeps adding up, keeps adding up. That's why towards the end of prison, you start to feel really knackered or towards the end of a rugby season, you start to feel like, you know, the more games you play week on week on week, that fatigue starts to slowly add up. And sometimes the best teams, particularly like if you look at the premiership, like the teams that do really well in the playoffs are the team that manage their squad well and manage their fatigue well running into playoffs. You don't want to peak too early in, you know, rugby performance or in any performance. You want to make sure that you are, con- you know, managing that fatigue um, adequately. And deloads is the way that you do that uh, over the long term. But in general, like that fatigue slowly will add up and add up and add up and add up. Um, and eventually it gets to the point where that fatigue is so high that you then cannot um, continue to progressively overload. That fatigue is too high. It stops you from being able to push that weight and um, make that progress or stops your body from being able to make the progress. So therefore, when you try to add weight to the bar, you just simply cannot do it. And therefore, you know your fatigue is too high, your uh, stimulus uh, isn't you're not going to create more stimulus to keep progressing. Therefore, you're overrun. You should just deload there. That's And that is when you should deload. Okay? Once you do that, you clear up the fatigue, you get back to training, and you're good to go after, afterwards, right? So you, your fatigue slowly builds up over the course of a few weeks. You take a deload where you um, go off, and then, you know, um, I'll explain exactly how it's done, but after a week or so of deloading, that fatigue has been alleviated, and you can go back to doing that week-on-week progressive overload once again. Now, most people don't deload, right? You go to a gym and you ask you ask nine out of ten people what a deload is, and they won't even know what it is. Um, and the first and most most obvious reason that these people don't deload is that they don't need to deload because they don't train hard enough to cause that fatigue. That progressive overload is also lost on most people. They just go in and they just kind of do what they fucking feel like. If you are someone that takes their training seriously, you need to be keeping a logbook. You need to be progressing your training week on week on week because that is you know that's why you're in the gym. That's ad- you you're in there to make adaptations. You make adaptations by challenging yourself a little bit more each week continually 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 and you don't just do that week to week you do that for months on end most people don't do that and therefore they don't need to dealer because that fatigue never gets to a point where they are pushed so hard and even if it is they don't even notice that they haven't increased the weight or they haven't they, you know they just go in there and do whatever if my plan was just to do one push-up every single day, right, I'd stay so far away from failure, it'd be so easy for me. I would never need to deload to do that. Um, but I also wouldn't be making progress. Um And then if you look at some guys that do push themselves, like the people that do ju- the traditional bro split, um, they give each muscle group like an entire week to recover. So, yes, they push themselves maybe like on chest on Monday really hard, right, and they do... 10 to 15 sets of just chest work and they push it and they do fatigue themselves quite well but the problem is is that they give themselves an entire week to recover so like i said before that on that scale of one to ten of fatigueness they're probably down to like a point two i would potentially argue that they might some of them even not necessarily regress but because they get back to a zero on fatigue they also get back to a zero on um Adaptations. So they make a little bit of adaptations, but then the body goes, Oh, we don't need this extra muscle or we don't need this extra strength. Let's just drop it back down to where we were before. The body doesn't want to adapt. You really have to make sure that you push these adaptations. Hi, guys. I just wanted to jump in here to tell you that if you're enjoying this podcast and you want to become a better athlete, then you can go ahead and visit rugby muscle.com and pick up any of our free goodies. That is uh, the 50 free rugby conditioning sessions, the physique nutrition crash course video series, the supplement guide, and And newly added is a macro calculator. Yes, that's right. A macro calculator where you will be able to work out your protein, carbs, fat, and calories that you should be eating on a daily basis to give you a guide as to where to start your diet from. This will help in conjunction with your 53 conditioning sessions to build you out a decent little plan that will enable you to take control of your training and use effective training and nutrition to become a better athlete. All that stuff and more can be found at rugby-muscle.com or rugby-muscle.com forward slash macros for the macro breakdown. Whilst this podcast is more about the, the deload in itself, it's always going to be about like the actual training pro- process of making continued progress. It's the most important thing when it comes to your training. It's the most important thing that I need to continue to hammer home. So I'm not going to argue against a bro split here. I've done it enough times and I'll probably do it again. Um, but just know that if you're training once a week, yes, you might not need to deload as often, but I think that these guys could make much better progress and therefore they would still, um, you know, they would need to deload if they were training more often and each body part more than once a week, even if they do only train once a week, they and they push themselves really hard and they make progress, then they're still going to be deloading. Um, But they're going to be part of the second group of deloaders, which are the life deloaders. Life deloaders are, you know, people that do push themselves that still don't really, they either know what deloading is or they don't. um, But either way, they still deload because, um, you know, they're purely because they do not stay consistent enough with their training. Most people just do not spe- uh, stay in the gym or stay progressing their training for weeks and weeks and weeks and months on end. It just doesn't happen. They'll take four weeks in the gym, they'll push it really hard and they'll just take a week off just because. They don't actually plan it as a deload. They just you know, happen to be out of town so they don't go to the gym that week or they happen to have a stressful week at work or social arrangements or whatever it is. All sorts of things happen in life that stop us from going to the gym. If you're not going to the gym, that's still kind of a deload. This isn't a; pl- it's not a planned deload. It's not something where you have said, "Right, I'm going to take this week off because I'm deloading." It's just happened, right? And and no matter what, whether you've planned it or not, if you're not in the gym and if you're not causing extra stress week on week or for that week, you're going to flush out the fatigue. So you're still going to um, you know, implement a deload indirectly. Um, now, for those people that do train week in week out for months on end and they still don't deload uh if training is hard enough and it's consistent enough that fatigue still builds up and unfortunately this means that that life deload rather than just taking a week off because you're you're, you know you're either slacking or you're just busy in other areas that life deload comes from tiredness illness or injury at worst right because if you're maybe if you're you've progressed uh we'll go back to the bros right and they're doing their monday chest day they progress their their bench press for 10 weeks consistently but now their their chest is so fatigued they still try and progress it but it's so fatigued that they cause an injury there's a little a pec tear happens or a minor shoulder um you know issue comes up and then they therefore can't bench press they stop doing it they take a couple of weeks off they guess you know they, they they either take a couple of weeks out of the gym or they just spend a couple of weeks not pushing their uh, chest volume so high, a.k.a. they do a deload. And this is essentially like my argument of why everyone actually does deload, even if they don't realize it. Um, the body will take that deload. The body cannot deal with consistent fatigue. You're either, If you get sick, you're just going to stay in bed. And, you know, that's that's not the best way to take a deload, obviously, because then, you know, everything becomes that much more hassle. You're not being proactive about it. You're, you know, you're in bed for a week. Uh, Maybe you're not eating properly. Um, You know, you're not eliciting any sort of training response. And therefore, you are, you know, you're just not doing the best uh, job about being uh, proactive about your training. And in fact, you're not even being reactive. in fact, the body is being reactive, and because you've had so much um, you've had so much fatigue build up, the body just says, "Right, I can't deal with this," and it doesn't like intentionally injure itself, but it just cannot cope with the amount of fatigue that you've caused, and therefore you have to take a break because you've hurt yourself. so in reality, um everyone does deload whether it's a purposeful or not as long as they are progressing with their training. If they're not progressing with their training, they don't need to deload. Okay, so if you're smart, you're going to deload proactively. You're going to plan this out. How is this actually done? Um, As mentioned earlier, there's a number of different variables. Um, These variables can be, you know, your type of training that you're doing, the intensity of the training block, the total training volume of that training block, your nutritional situation, whether you're in a calorie surplus um, if you're at maintenance or if you're in a calorie deficit, uh, the time of the year, whether you've got to be competing in rugby every Saturday or if you're in the off-season, um, the athlete differences, so uh, how well you tolerate volume, how well you recover, how well like your life situation is, how low stress is your life outside of the gym, and then how much progress you're currently making on training. All these different factors will go into how you would structure your deload. Generally, though, you're just looking for an overall reduction of training volume and intensity. Really, volume is the thing that's going to fatigue you the most. So I would drop most of my volume down about to about 60%. You could go to 50%. So you could just do half the amount of sets. That would absolutely be fine. Um, You could also do, you know, 60% of the sets, but also only do, you know, 70% of the reps. Um, You could also drop the weight down. By 60 to 70%, you would drop the intensity as well. It depends on um, where you're feeling. If you're feeling particularly run down, you can absolutely drop all of it down. Um, you could drop intensity, volume, and reps down quite well. Um, and you know, if you're doing particularly intense conditioning, then it is also a really good idea to drop that intensity down. If you're someone that's just looking for physique progress, you don't necessarily have to reduce intensity too much um, you could just keep, the, you could just drop the volume down and maybe just get in one working set. Uh, it depends how you feel, depends how you want to play it. Overall, though, remember that the goal is to eliminate fatigue so that you can get back to baseline, so that you can get back to training hard. Don't worry too much about um, really pushing that progress or pushing any sort of progress at all in your D load. Okay, so if you're worried that you're, you know, you, you think, oh, you know, I want to lift heavy still. I don't want to make sure I lose. I want to make sure that I don't lose my progress. Understand that that's not the purpose. You you're progressing in all of the other weeks, not your deload week. So your deload week is to set yourself up so that you can train as hard as you can outside of your deload. You don't worry about progressing during a deload. And, uh, that brings me on to a mistake that I often make, uh, or used to make sorry when I first started training when I didn't quite understand D loads. I would use D-Loads as like a week off from that training. But I would go and do like other workouts. I'd go and do like a circuit training or I do CrossFit or something else. Unfortunately, this is like shooting yourself in the foot because throwing in a completely new stressor, it's just going to create more fatigue, right? doing something completely brand new doing something completely novel even if it's not that challenging um isn't going to accomplish your goal of the deload which is to eliminate fatigue it's actually going to create more fatigue and sure you're not squatting heavy but if you're doing heavy power cleans instead like not only is that going to be fatiguing but it's something that you haven't done anyway and then therefore it's going to be like extra fatiguing and it sort of takes away from the purpose of the deload the reason that you still want to be in the gym when you're deloading is that you can still then maintain the skill of the lifts themselves. You can also still like keep some sort of muscle memory. It also helps out that first week when you get back into the gym. Make sure that you, you know, if you take a week off, which is a strategy, and I'll get into that in a sec. Um, if you take a week off, sometimes that first week getting back into it can cause like a good deal of DOMs and it can cause like a lot of air, like sort of. Uh, fatigue in terms becomes a lot more of an effort to get into the gym to do those movements you sort of forget you don't forget what bench press feels like but it feels a little bit less common and therefore you don't get to like fully you don't get to fully like embrace the gains that you made in that previous training block if you keep training and you just deload then you're still going to be bench pressing and when you get back in you're not you know you're not almost back to being a brand new lifter now that could be a strategy um an actual strategic deload or a strategic deconditioning as some call it um but some of you can't afford to take that week off It is it's better to get in the gym just do something to help eliminate that fatigue now if you are someone that you know has other areas of your life sort of drop off as training gets more and more intense um It can be an idea and absolutely can be a, uh, you know, something that I implement with a lot of people if they, if they feel the need to just take the week off the gym. Um, when, when they are, when they want to deload and focus back on those other areas, sometimes that makes it more difficult to actually then get back into the gym and, you know, get back into your routine, but it, it can work quite well. It's just about you and your personality and how well you feel like, um, you can recover or how well you feel like you can get back straight back into your routine after taking a week off obviously if you're on vacation or if you're out of town visiting family or if you're doing anything like that then it's that's like the perfect time to take a deload just do a just do something to keep the blood flow like just go for walks or something and therefore you're gonna really do a good job of eliminating that fatigue and like eliminating like the mental fatigue of going to the gym doing the hashtag grind every single day like that that's also the the mental fatigue also definitely adds up and it's something that you can definitely um, help uh, like alleviate by taking a week off the gym every six to eight weeks i think that's an absolutely fine strategy just bear in mind that it might not be perfectly perfectly optimal but then again if you're you know if you're doing something perfectly perfectly optimal and you burn out after 20 weeks then you know that is there any point in doing it you want to do something that you can sustain and maintain for years on end really if you're going to make phenomenal progress in this game you're in this game for the long haul and i mean the reason that you're listening to this podcast is that you're serious about this and if you're really serious that's how you show me that you're a serious lifter is by sticking at it for years on end and that is what it takes to get some serious results it's something that takes a bit of a while of getting used to you'll figure it out yourself um or if you have a good program it will prescribe it for you and the be- the more often that you do it the more you'll be comfortable with it and the more you'll realize what fatigues you what helps eliminate that fatigue what helps you get ready for the next training week like all the different areas that you want to focus on uh, can be individual and should be individual and the more you do it like i would start out by just implementing a program that has deloads and then over time i would then sort of Figure out what works quite well for you and, and start to lean towards those ways of deloading. Um, now, how often you deload? There are two schools of thought. Firstly, we've got like a reactive deload where you would just stick with a program indefinitely until you start your performance starts to drop off or you start to notice signs of fatigue, like stress, irritability, tiredness, uh, just general fatigue going up you see your training drop off you see your your, uh willingness to go to the gym sort of drop off your sleep ends up being crap all of these stuff is all of this stuff is like a good sign of fatigue and a sign that you should probably take a deload unfortunately that's like like this if you're just waiting around for these signs to happen potentially that can be too late right um by this time you've already um reach a high level of fatigue and you might be at risk of injuring yourself you might be at risk of wasting a couple weeks of training where you're not actually making any progress um and it's like it depends a lot on like how you feel and sometimes how you feel is a light you know sometimes you just have a bad night's sleep and therefore you don't train well the next day that doesn't mean you have to panic and deload that just means that you didn't sleep well and your training isn't going to be good because you didn't sleep well sometimes you know you have a dodgy meal or you just get sick um all these other different factors can go in and if you just suck it up and go to the gym you can continue to progress likewise if you're really hard-headed and you're you're you know all these signs of fatigue are are there but you don't notice them because you're so hard-headed and you're still making progress in the gym you might be tempted to keep pushing through and have that fatigue build so high that again you're, you're at risk of all the other stuff that we've said like injuring yourself or getting sick. Or just wasting time where you're not actually making progress. You know you can eke out progress on a on a set of ten on the bench press by adding the adding weight to the bar and just bouncing off your chest more aggressively. And then then what you do for the next week is you bounce it off your chest and you 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 launch your hips up off the bench. And then the next week you still get ten, but rather than get ten at a good cadence of you know one rep every second or every two seconds, you take three three deep breaths after rep seven four deep breaths after rep eight and then you bounce out nine and ten and therefore have you really progressed or have you just added weight to the bar and done whatever you can to get that bar up you're not getting better if that's the case so it's very like personality dependent whether you use this strategy if uh, that sounds like that's not a good idea for you you would go to the other camp where it's just programmed in your uh in your training every four to ten weeks you just do a planned deload whether you feel like you need one or not usually the better you get at this the the more you can gauge it and, and plan a deload accordingly like you're someone that needs a deload every eight weeks or you're someone that needs to deload every six weeks or you're someone that like you know you train so hard that every four weeks you're going to have to take a week off um, you'll get to know that the more you do these um, and then you can gauge those in your training. The heavier, generally the heavier and the more intense your training is um, and the more advanced you are, the more often you will need to deload, the more you really push it, the more you'll need to deload um, and the, you know, the less advanced you are, the less fatigue in overall your training is The le- and the more calories that you're eating, the more your uh, overall recovery is better, the less often you need to deload. Um, still the same risks if you train this if you um, if you do deloads as part of the program it's just that rather than having to judge it yourself the risks are just taken over by the program so more often than not you'll probably deload a little bit too early but i think a lot most people would rather deload too often and you know take a few weeks where they're lighter and just constantly make progress when they are training than take the risk of pushing themselves too far with the fatigue Particularly if you're training in season and that you need to perform every single Saturday, and you're dealing with the you know the aspect of having hundred kilo blokes run into you as hard as they can every single week. Now, this is obviously something that uh, with the whole COVID situation isn't happening for a lot of you guys that are listening, but it's still something that you need to consider because this episode will be, um, you know, I'm trying to really go over exactly what you should be doing for deload. So, you know, if you're in season, then you're going to probably need to deload more often or you could even potentially deload less often because you're just pushing your training uh, less hard. I know that's not a real answer, but every every four to 10 weeks is a general good rule of thumb. I like to do like a mesh of the two. So I would plan a deload every six to eight weeks. And if um, my athlete is making really good progress, they're feeling fine, maybe they feel a little bit fatigued, but their progress is still smashing, they could actually instead... Keep adding weight to the bar and keep that uh, training block going on for a little bit longer. Likewise, if they're feeling like they've been hit by a truck in week three and we don't have a deload till week six, potentially if their training isn't progressing or if they're you know if they're just feeling it quite badly, we can take an early deload. And I would have no issue with that. So um, I like to sort of implement a bit of a mesh of the two, and that way. You know, we always know that there's a deload coming up, but we can be reactive if we need to as well. Last thing I would say about how often you deload um, is that, like, one bad session doesn't mean that you need to deload. Neither does the fact that you're still progressing mean that you don't need to deload. You, like I said, you might be progressing from those, um, you know, using those random techniques that people don't really realize, like slamming the bar or adjusting their their technique to kid yourself into saying that you're still making progress just because you don't want to take a deload, you know, it it works both ways. And it's really something that the more you do, the more often um, that you – implement deloads and the more consistently you implement deloads the better you'll get at judging when when they're needed and really the better you'll get at seeing the results of them because you'll be able to really push yourself uh, particularly that last week before you deload you know if you know that deload week is coming up you you know that you can really push it really hard knowing that you're going to take spend the next week um alleviating that fatigue likewise if you're in week one or two you don't beat yourself up and push yourself as hard as you can because you know you've got a decent training block ahead of you that you need to continue to progress with so rather than you know absolutely eke out every single rep you leave a rep in the tank knowing that next week you can just push it that little bit harder and then the the week after that push it a little bit harder before you deload just understand that with all of this in mind deloading is not a waste of time you know even if you deloaded every you know six or seven weeks That means during a training year, you're still training hard and progressing for well over 40 weeks a year, and on top of that, you're going to be managing fatigue, you're going to have a good life balance, because when life is going to start to get into the way, or in the way of your training, you can take that deload, and you'll make even more progress than ever. You'll do your, you know, you'll put yourself in a real situation where you're going to avoid injury, avoid that massive build-up of fatigue that stops you from making progress, um, and over the long haul, get better results than ever. So make sure that you're implementing deloads in your training, guys. Hopefully, this episode has convinced you that you need to do it. If you're not, if you have any questions at all on this, I'll post the comments or I'll post a link to this show in the Rugby Muscle Athletes Facebook group. Therefore, make your comments there and I can get back to them on that and I can answer them in the Q&As. But hopefully you enjoyed this one. And if you've enjoyed this episode, there'll be more coming uh, around Rugby Muscle Applied. Hope you enjoyed this one and I'll see you. I don't know how to finish this episode. I always get to the end and I'm like, right, that's all the information. How do I say goodbye? Um, I guess I can do it like this. Goodbye all right thank you so much for listening if you enjoyed that episode of the Robbie muscle podcast then i've got a quick little request and a potential prize giveaway for you if you do said request all i want you to do is go to apple Podcasts and type up a five star review just your general opinions of the podcast would be great feedback but also helps us reach higher rankings get more exposure allow me to attract more guests and devote more time to developing a better all around podcast experience for you all you have to do once again is go and give us a five-star review on whatever podcast service you use let me know that you've got it and then every single week i'll be selecting one review to give away a free prize that free prize will be either one free month of team rugby muscle that's our world-class shank condition program app delivered directly to your phone or if that doesn't interest you then we've got one free consultation where i'll go over your training program your nutrition and advise you how to best plan for your goals even if none of those things interest you, it's still doing me a solid and helping the podcast grow by going and giving us a five-star review. There's no real excuse. It takes like one minute, and that helps the show out exponentially. So I'd really appreciate it if you could do that. Thank you guys so much for listening. I'll see you in the next one.